Hey everybody, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Hi. Hi. Um, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. I get like kind of like pumped up and we always have like our, our friendship talk before this, but I always get like, like, I'm like ready to go right away. And then you'll like tell me about your day, which is like totally fine. But then, then you'll be like, are you ready to go? And I was like, no, I was ready to go fucking 20 minutes ago, Maria. <laughs> now I'm in friendship mode. Yeah. We should always be in friendship mode for this podcast, Liz. We are always in friendship mode, but there's a difference between like on camera friendship mode and, you know. Pillow we, fights we have off camera. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Where I'm just like, no, he didn't. That's crazy. <laughs> so today I, I've been wearing the same leggings every day, uh, same sweatshirt same leggings three days in a row and today didn't shower just decided to put on different leggings and a different shirt as a form of saying that it's a new chapter of my week like there's okay. no longer days it's just like there was three days where I was this person that wore these leggings and now this is going to be another three days where I wear these leggings and someday wash my hair this I just have to share this I did an outdoor show in Pennsylvania where I was freezing, like truly freezing. But even indoors, like they let me and um, the other comic, Todd, go indoors. It was still cold. So I went to go watch his set and they would have, they had like big buckets of, not buckets, like containers with um, wood in it, like little wood fires. And I don't know why I sound so dumb. Anyway, um, I just stood by it and my hair, my jacket, my glove, everything smells like a bonfire, which is fine, but I can't stand the smell. It's been two days. My hair smells and I refuse to wash my hair. That's where I am emotionally, if anybody wants to know, is like, I should shower. I don't like the way my hair smells. I'm not going to. So I just okay. changed my pants. Well, that's, that is a start and I applaud it. Thank you. I think I'm, I think I'm two days away from a shower. Like I really feel like I'm like, gonna happen yeah i don't know i think you don't even hate showers so i don't know i don't I, hate them i just i think i'm a very pragmatic person and i'm like well what's the point because Do i don't i don't feel i mean my hair does smell but in general for the most part i don't feel like i smell bad even this like it just is not I, the smell i want i feel stale until i shower i feel like my day doesn't actually begin until the shower happens so like if i wake up and I go to the gym, all good. If I don't go to the gym, if I just sit around having not showered, I don't feel like the day has begun. I feel like it's a ri ritualistic part of my day, like the, the start of the day. I think because even when we did comedy every night, I showered uh, an hour before I left the house. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. a wake up shower person. I was a be, be this kind of lazy, wear my PJs all day kind of person. Maybe I would go for a run and shower, but for the most part, I would shower at like 5 p.m., be ready by six and then head to the city to go do shows. So I've always beautified myself later in the day. So I guess now it's just like the part where I leave the house doesn't happen. Even just going from PJs to, to leggings. Honestly, my life is sweatpants to leggings, PJs to leggings. And that's a big deal because it was just, especially early quarantine, it was just like PJs, PJs, more PJs. <laughs> like it was just a, 
endless flow of PJs. I found that I had to actually change. I would change into jeans and I would change to get into work mode. And then at five or six o'clock, I would change back into the leggings. Yeah. yeah I, I don't doubt that that's the way to do it. Like I made a conscious effort where I was like, I could wear these leggings again, but we're going to try to like, it's Wednesday, Liz. Like, like there's a part of me that's like, it's midweek. Let's, let's have a shift. I even <laughs> remembered there was something I was supposed to do. I was supposed to send something to a producer and it's like, there's no like deadline, but I was like, oh, I'll do it next week. And then completely, there's, it's on no to-do list. I just had like a midnight epiphany. I was like, oh, I didn't send the thing to Michael. I have, I have stuff to do. And that was almost what inspired me to wear new pants. Like, <laughs> get, get shit done pants. <laughs> Are you, Thanksgiving's this week. Are you going to I'm go, not going. You're not doing anything. You haven't showered. No, I haven't showered. I even had a thought where I was like, am I going to shower for tomorrow? Which I feel like I should. You should. I feel like, I feel like, there was some judgment in that. Um, oh. You're like, you should. And I'm like, but I'm again, not leaving the house. Um, yeah, I made the decision not to go home because of the whole world saying don't go home. Also, I was traveling more and everything is horrible outside. So I just, I can't, I, I told my parents, I was like, I couldn't live with myself if I hurt you guys like two weeks after you retired. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. I, I couldn't. So um, my roommates were going to come with me. I was like, hey, I'm canceling it. We even all got COVID tests and we all came back negative. But all a bunch of comics, even though, again, I wasn't in town, a bunch of New York City comics came down with COVID. Um, some even after they said uh, that they tested negative and then they started having some, and I was like, I just can't. So I canceled it. And then I'm hosting Thanksgiving with my roommates. Like the weird thing is this, cause we've talked about, I know you're looking at me like, what? Like COVID has changed me in a way that like, even you are like, I could have never seen that coming. I'm going to be cooking Thanksgiving, but I'm doing it a very me way. And also I think from doing Blue Apron for the last couple of months with John, um, it's given me confidence. So basically what I did is I took a bunch of Blue Apron and we just pulled recipes from it. And then we went to Whole Foods. I was like, I'm not getting a turkey. I'm not doing that. Like, I'm just, nobody even, we don't, we all collectively don't even care about or like turkey. So why would, what are we doing? So we're going to make turkey meatballs. Like, oh, we've nice. done that and we like yeah. that. So we're going to make turkey meatballs. I'm going to cook like a nice steak. To me, Thanksgiving is about eating something fancy and nice and comforting. And then mashed potatoes, a bunch of vegetables. And then again, I don't really like pie. And I was like, can we make a Thanksgiving day cake? Like I'm just making up like 12 oh, year old, 12 year old Liz traditions. So me and John, my roommate, John are going to go to um, the store and get cake stuff. And then we're going to get the icing. And I was like, we should do like fuck 2020. Like I just, I want to have fun with it. Like if we're not going to do something super traditional and be around family, I'd rather start our own apartment traditions with my friend. Cause I've always wanted a Friendsgiving, but you know, that was never going to happen with my family. Fucking let's do it. Like, so I'm kind of excited just to make this up and be silly about it. I love it. Hey, I just made a cake this week. Like I was just craving box cake. <laughs> the UK does milliliters. We do cups. Yeah. And it said like 200 and whatever, it was like 240 milliliters or something. And I was like, okay, that seems like a lot of oil because I looked it up and it was like, it was just under a cup. So this seems like a, like that can't be right. And then I kept, I, I checked several different websites. Is this number translating into this many cups? And yes. So I was like, okay. So I poured in all that oil. It was like a cup of oil. <laughs> then I saw that, um, that was the water recipe and like, <laughs> I love this like due diligence only to find out that you're like, I still did it wrong. Just, it was right. Uh, right yeah. There. 
I put in twice as much, if not more, of the oil I was supposed to, and I was supposed to do the rest in water. So I just switched them. And I was, so I went to my roommate and I was like, look, because she was excited about the dessert. And I was like, I've, I've done this little faux pas with the oil. And I was like, should I just not make it? And she was like, I can't believe you're even considering not making that. And she was like, <laughs> see what happens. It's going to be the most oily fun cake we've ever had. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so I did it anyway. And I'll be honest, fucking delicious. It's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's moist. <laughs> You're like, pretty sure I discovered something. I know one piece is going to give me a heart attack, but they, it's worth it. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, mm, I am Betty Crocker. Yeah. But all of Johnny's, all of Johnny's flatmates are um, vegan. So we're doing a vegan Thanksgiving. What does that entail? Just all so, mashed potatoes? Well, it's going to be roasted potatoes and mashed potatoes, roasted parsnips, uh, cumin and maple syrup, carrots. You got so excited. We have stuffing muffins. That stuffing muffins so uh-huh. fun i know i'm really happy about that the main's gonna be like a butternut squash that's roasted but i, I mean i don't I, I don't care about that as much as i care about all the sides um she's making a pumpkin pie that she actually roasted a pumpkin we roasted it yesterday she actually roasted a pumpkin and we scraped it so she's making a pumpkin pie and then with the rest we're gonna make some pumpkin bread i'm making a pecan pie i'm like drooling as i talk about it like i know disgusting. you're I, like your eyes are like fluttering in a way where you're like uh, is this a baking show? We're now two non-bakers. Yeah. And, and we got vegan marshmallows because I'm making that sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows on top. Oh, fun. Yeah. They call whipped cream, you know, whipped cream in a can. Mm-hmm. We call it just whipped cream in a can, right? I think we just call it whipped cream. Yeah. That's what I thought. It's just whipped cream. They call it squirty cream. No. Thank no. you. I was like, no, I don't, okay. I don't like it. I resent it. I don't want I don't want to call squirty it squirty cream. I'm sorry. If I'm like, <laughs> there's nothing grosser to me. I'm like, Hey, can you pass the squirty cream? And I'm just like, I can't believe I asked my dad to pass the squirty cream. Yeah, I won't. I, I wasn't having it. I was like, I don't, I refuse to say it. I'm really sorry. I'm not saying squirty cream. I will say aluminum way before. I say squirty cream. <laughs> I'll say Adidas. Um, <laughs> Adidas. <laughs> so that's the thing I don't like about Thanksgiving is the fact that it's like this anywhere from you know three to two day thing and my mom is stressed and and we used to do like extended family and then we just started doing like immediate family and some you know friends would come I don't know it just would always put my mom in a bad mood and I was like why is this I I hope it's less stressful for her because less people are there like yeah. I know she's sad I mean she hasn't returned my text messages that's usually how I know I'm sad but yeah, I think I think she's really sad, but um, I hope she's sad. Why? Why I'm coming home? Because I'm not coming home. Yeah, right, right. All right. Um, fan mail. <laughs> this is from um, was it a YouTube comment? Yeah, it was a YouTube comment. The name is Trump lost. Get over it. Um, so no ambiguity there. And this is about acupuncture. We did an episode and talked about acupuncture. Basically, said we don't understand it. We just did an episode saying we didn't understand acupuncture. We did ask like if anyone knows anything, please help us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The way it explained to me, the signal sent to your brain from a pin or a knife is so similar, your brain sends a flood of white blood cells, endorphins, and very strong pain-relieving compounds to those specific locations. Together, they refer to this as chi. Pressure points and acupressure is the same principle. I have a lot of acupuncture maps, and it seems that pathways of communication are present from one location to another, like a pin to the web of your hand by your thumbs is known to block pain, or a pin in the ear canal can help fight addiction. There's more than 5,000 years of study to all of this, so I doubt there are simple explanations. And I, too, have a disclaimer. The person I got this info from flunked out of acupuncture school. So, <laughs> and then the emoji so, is a surprised face. <laughs> uh, so good. I, I, what I liked about that comment is I always like when they take something big and they make it small enough that it's digestible. Because anybody can, like, literally give us a dissertation on how acupuncture works. But I appreciate that they basically, because, like, there's some new trend 
um, like beauty trend where there's like this roller. It looks like a tiny paint roller and it has little pins on it and people are rolling it across their face. And there's something about microderma roller. Yes. And of course, every dermatologist online is like, do not do that. Like, don't do that on your own. But basically the logic from what I understand is that it, these little pricks, prickly things on your face, it's supposed to cause extra healing, which will heal your face, whatever. I'm sure there's great logic to it, but this is like the, the derma thing is like, you're just like, eh, holes in my face. Well, acupuncture is like, you press this and it, it heals this part of you or it calms this part of you. This is where like my mind, like can't handle knowledge. Like it's too much for me. Where like, I look at cooking and I'm like, how did somebody know? Like how many experiments were done that they understood that if you, you know, get the oil from olives, it does this for cooking and it makes this better. And like, you know, like there's, we just like look at a cookbook and everything just kind of tastes nice and it all works out. And this is thousands of years of knowledge put together. But like the same thing with acupuncture, like how, like, how did they know, like, how did they know that if you press this part of your hand, it affects your liver. You know what I right. mean? Like, that's where like, is it just experimentation? Is it, I don't know. I'm not. Part of me thinks like, yeah, is it like prayer where it's just because we said that that's what it does? Then we think yeah. that's what it's like psychosomatic. Yeah. I just, I would love to just know like, how, like, I, I guess, I guess I'm stuck in the how. Not that I really fully understand re- regular medicine. I don't know how we have this podcast, but like, you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> So let's put it this way. We, you get a cut and you know that, you know, your body goes to heal it and then slowly it becomes a scab and from the scab, it slowly becomes healed. And sometimes there's scar, sometimes there isn't. But for the most part, we're like little lizards. You know what I mean? You can't completely cut off an arm and have it grow back, but it is kind of crazy that you get a cut, you have flesh that is missing and they're like, we got this, we'll do this for you. That is like, you can literally see the healing. And I guess I'm struggling with the we put a pin here and it affects your leg down here right how why is there a correlation why why i do get the concept of blood cells flooding to any area that is wounded and that you're doing a light wound to trigger um a a type of healing because as even just like with the scratch thing everybody okay you have a cut your whole body goes, oh, we got to fix it. We got to go to repair this. So I understand that the acupuncture, like I like the way it was broken down that acupuncture is like, we're causing a very tiny wound to kind of concentrate the healing in this area. So it was helpful. Yeah, that was it. Um, I wrapped my head around it a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's where learning is. It's like little baby steps to eventually being able to do a podcast where we teach somebody something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for writing in. Thank you. Googles? Yeah, let's do it. Mine's a silly one. All right, go for it. So mine is, what are the benefits of emo, emu oil? So I started going to this esthetician last year because like, you know, everybody knows I complain about my goatee of acne and she's amazing. I love her. So basically I would go to her, she would do extractions. I don't know. She would do a bunch of stuff to my face and my face would look perfect for like six months. I mean, I haven't seen her in a a year now because I'm like, what's the point? My acne is under my mask and I don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and this isn't HD, so I don't care about my face. Um, (laughs) but when I left the house, it just made me feel more confident and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, after I went to her for the first time, she gave me a bunch of stuff that I should use. And one of them was emu oil, which I had never heard of. So I've been using it now for a year. And I only recently was like, 
what is this? Like, yeah. why am I using this? Like, I literally let this, and like, I listened to her because she's magic, but eventually I was like, why am I, I don't, I've never heard of it ever. And now I just put this thing on my face every night. First of all, had no idea it was made from emus. So is it emus, actually, like, I thought it was just sort of a silly name for it. No, it's made from the fat of emus. Uh, had no idea. I'm putting emu fat on what's my What's an face. emu again? It's a type of bird that's based in Australia. I can't, Okay. I, I feel like it's I, always I, a I, crossword puzzle answer. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if it's ostrichy, but I think it is a pretty big bird. Okay. So there's like goose fat that people use for cooking. And then there's emo fat that they put on your face for. Yeah. And they even said what I was reading is you could actually t- the same way if like you have an intolerance, if you don't like fish oil um, or there's some issue with it, you could take emu oil and it has similar benefits. So you can also take it orally too, but I put it on my face. I basically said due to smaller particles, emu oil has increased um, enhancement in, um, in carrier capabilities and it uh, uh, penetrates deeper into your skin. So basically it just is a, like a super moisturizer and then um, it improves hydration and preventing water loss. And then this is the funny part is I think I remember her telling me I put the emu oil and then lotion, but I was like, since it was so oily, I was like, oh, I'll just put the emu oil on. And I was like, it seems like it's okay, but I don't feel like it's amazing. And then I started doing emu oil and lotion and it's so much better. And of course I read it, it says lotion with emu oil uh, as a uh, emu oil as a base may penetrate and help your skin better, better than emu oil alone. So it's oh, basically, wow. it helps even the lotion be better at lotion. Um, and I was like, Shh. so I was like using it wrong for like eight months as well. Uh, it has fewer side effects for people with eczema and dermatitis. So that's also a benefit, a positive effects on collagen production. And then people can even use it for like hair and nail growth. So at the end of every night, I put it on my nails and I just kind of rub it in. Don't know if it's had an effect or not. It's just something I like to do. It's kind of greasy. So it's always some, this is always something I do right before bed. But yeah, it was just like, it, it, it was a backwards uh, Google where I've been using it for a year. And I was like, what, what am I using? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I literally was like, what is this? Actually. And um, uh, from doing this research, I started doing it correctly and it's really made a difference. And I feel- Has it replaced your castor oil? Well, castor oil, I've only used on my eyebrows and my eyelashes. And I've been doing that, I think, for two months. And I think it is working. This all could be just made up. Okay, so like, you know, you don't know what you kind of look like because you see your face every day. And then you'll run into somebody you haven't seen in six months. And they'll be like, oh, my God, did you lose weight? Or like, oh, my God, like you glow. And you're like, I glow? No, let's <laughs> do the emu oil. I think it's the same thing, which is like, I'm doing this every night. I see my own face. I would need somebody to come up to me and be like, your eyelashes are crazy. Like, right but I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm just going to keep using it for months and then I'll let you know. Yeah. Let me know. I, I have it and then it spilled everywhere. And so now I hate castor oil. I'm sorry to hear that. That's all right. Um, yeah. That was my Google. It was a good Google. Thank you. Yeah. Putting bird fat on your face. <laughs> for youth purposes. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't smell like anything, by the way. Like, you know how fish oil is like gross. Like you have like, you burp it up and you're like, is this worth it? Oh yeah. Babies? You're just like, sorry. No, emu, emu oil smells like nothing. I, I, again, I feel like mine's boring. So I'm just going to say also I, I Googled how to, you know, those like plastic pepper mills that you get, like the one time, the one use. Like the grinder At thing. the supermarket, the grinders. People say you can refill them, but I've never been able to like do it because it always breaks my fingernails trying to get those off. But um, I Googled how to, how to open them. And if you put them, what? <laughs> Just, you sound, forgive me for a second, you sound like an old lady right now where you're just like, they say I could replace these, but I think it's a scam. (laughs) (laughs) 
wasn't gonna buy an eight pound pepper mill for fucking i have one it just won't open so yeah. tell me world how to open it and it, it did they said if you put the pepper mill in hot water for 10 minutes it'll pop right off and you know what it did i'm glad filled I'm glad it with some peppercorns out. and it fucking worked it was great so my good um, hmm? i was gonna say i've learned just like this is gonna sound sad um, you get ice cream and it's like too cold and you can't unscrew the top because my ice cream has a screw top on it because it's fancy gelato. Oh, right. Um, but I always, you run it under hot thing for like literally three seconds and it's just like, and you're like, I'm a genius. Yeah, but that's I mean, just that's science. I mean, of course. Yeah, of course it's science. But, but why would a plastic thing open up? It's not frozen. Um, I just think the way plastic works is it expands. I think heat and, and, and like, because it hardens by, by being dry. I would assume. Yeah. So just think the same way that like putting hot water in a, in a, a plastic bottle kind of makes it like shrink and be whatever. So I think it's just really about. Also the leave it to you to MacGyver your way into ice cream. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You're not gonna, I bought this and you're not gonna stop my sadness. <laughs> um, so I Googled, why do I have allergies in the morning? Because I can't stand it. I wake up every morning. I'm stuffy. My eyes are watering. I'm run, runny nose, can't breathe. And then I'll just be in bed with Johnny and just like, just tissues just <laughs> yeah. piling up next to me. I'm disgusting. And I just don't want to be like that, you know. That very English of you. You're like, I'm disgusting and I can't. Quite unbecoming of you. Um, <laughs> So I was like, what's up with these allergies in the morning? Because I didn't want to take Claritin because I did, I did take one today and I feel, I don't know if you've ever taken an antihistamine, but it, it, it dries out your mouth a bit. And I just feel like, like my aura is bigger than my physical head. Okay. Does that make sense enough to like understand how I feel? Like, I, I feel like so. I don't quite fit in my body. <laughs> yeah. Like, like your body is trying to put on a pair of pants. Like, <laughs> like, like. Is it mostly head that feels that way or is it literally? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, I'm a little bit tired, but like mostly it's in my head where I just, I feel there's, it's just too much. Um, and so I was like, what's up with that? And it said, you know, yeah. Nasal I con- hope you Googled what's up with that. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> my aura, my head aura is off. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because of the medication. It wasn't off before. Yeah. But my head yeah. aura is leaking out of my <laughs> eyes and nose and I need it to stop. It is unbecoming. Yeah. So headaches, water rads, wheezing, nasal congestion. Pollen is one thing, but I don't go out. So it's like if you're outdoors walking the dog and it's like, no. Nah. But this is like you wake up and you're congested. I, yeah. I wake up. I'm a miserable mess. Dust mites. And I have been allergic to dust. I am allergic to dust. So that would be part of it. Dust mites in the bedroom. They multiply in mattresses, pillows, bedding, and furniture. And you can see physical dust like on the shelf nearby and pet dander. There's no pets. Mold. Maybe so. What are the causes of allergies? Uh, strong odors. You know, I sneeze when I get out of the shower. You've always, I've always known that about you. And it's been, you've always been, I think, it, was that one of your Googles? Yeah. And like I think it's on? because it's a change in temperature. Yeah, And so like my nostrils like notice it and then I sneeze, but I also sneeze like when shampoo or conditioner, um, when I use it, I'll sneeze then too. And I think that's the strong odors thing because it irritates the blood vessels in your nose leading to congestion and increased music, mucus production, which can result in a sore throat, coughing and runny nose. Uh, but it doesn't say sneezing. So I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Medication will skip. I'm not really on anything. Acid reflux, maybe so. But if you're sleeping on your back, it makes it worse. But you're supposed to sleep on your back for everything else. So it's like, just pick what you want to improve. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and hormonal changes. So, you know, due to pregnancy, menstruation, oral contraceptives, I got birth control like four months ago. I think it must've been evened out by now, but I've always had allergies in the morning. So I don't think it's that shit. So for as long as you can remember, you wake up congested. Um, yeah. Miserable mess. And then does it get better throughout the day? Usually. So I wonder if it is just like your mattress. Like if you did, like, I don't know how you deep clean a mattress or like the surrounding area of like, like if you got like a super cleaner, cleaned your mattress, cleaned any shelves by you, like, I wonder. I wonder if it would help. I have cleaned the shelves. I mean, it's, it's Johnny's mattress. I can't be like, can you get a new mattress so I can feel better? In the no, morning? no, no. But I don't even know if you have to get a new mattress because that doesn't make sense either. Like, I wonder if like, you know how you can steam clean your floors? Like there's gotta be a way to like do some kind of steam clean or do some kind of intense clean of your mattress and see if that has any improvement. And then I think you can wash your pillows. I could try that. I just bought new pillows. I bought down pillows. Yeah. Yeah. I'm worth it. (laughs) Yeah. So it says like remove the carpet and put in hardwood floors because you're a princess. Use a dehumidifier, which is annoying because I just bought a humidifier for the same reason. Uh, Dust might proof cover over your mattress and pillow. I might try that actually. Oh yeah. That might be the thing. Yeah. Don't sleep with your window bag. (laughs) Yeah. Don't sleep with your windows up open honey this is london ain't no one doing that um elevate the head of your bed six to eight inches no that gives me neck pain and schedule professional mold testing to check the air quality inside your home it could be something so that's that it's funny like i think we have similar stuff but they're opposites like i will eat something and i'll start to have like a runny nose and my throat will be itchy and i used to think like oh i'm getting a cold but then anywhere from a couple hours to the next day I would feel better. And now I know from everything I read that that's allergies. And it's just the same kind of thing where you're like, I sleep and I wake up and things are weird. Like yeah. we just have these very like parallel, like we're broken in very parallel ways and it's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> we're so cute. We're so cute. Um, okay. Let's get personal. Yep. I don't even know if I know the answer to this. Okay. Uh, do you think it's okay to lie to your partner? I'm going to say no. Like, lie, I feel like I want to know, like, lie in what way, but I, I can't think of a situation where it's okay to lie. Yeah, my, my answer is depends, but, like, the depends is this small. Like, the, the answer is no, and then there's, like, this, like, depends. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, a good example is, like, my ex couldn't handle me talking about exes in any capacity. Like, it could be a story. It could be an example. It could be whatever, and he would just get... He wouldn't be, he wouldn't do anything, but I could see how uncomfortable you'd get. And he would just shut down for the rest of the day. And I'm like, it's just not worth it. So like, I was always honest, like, cause I had uh, an ex that I would get coffee with and I would say, Hey, I'm going to go get coffee. I just want to let you know. And he'd be like, yeah, that's totally fine. But if I did a story where like I told a story, I'm like, Oh, that, um, blah, blah, blah. I had this experience too. And da, da, da. he would just get weird. Cause I was like, referring to it and so then it was just like well then i'm just not going to tell him that story and i don't feel like it's lying that's not lying though that's i mean they obviously very clearly don't want to hear it i had an ex that did the same thing put him in a mood but like like hearing about any other guys in any capacity like and it's just like i guess i have had no prior history before you and that's the way we're going with because it makes you comfortable luckily like johnny doesn't really have that sort of uh, insecurity, but I do understand like not saying things because it's probably not worth their reaction. I wouldn't want to be put in any position where I'd have to lie to Johnny. Like I, yeah. 
And I also, I'll say this, if I do think about lying, what does that say about my relationship that I can't be honest with you? Look, I don't want to be in a relationship where I have to lie. I want to say uncomfortable shit and talk about it and understand it. But I think it's a, a red flag for me almost if I have to, if I even think about lying to a partner. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I hate the thought of not being able to say everything to a partner because I don't feel comfortable I feel like I've just done so much like hiding of myself. It's like I've done so much hiding, like stand up wise. Like I don't want anyone to see me yeah. talk about my real thoughts and feelings because yeah. for some reason it's shameful. And so it's just, I would never want to do that with a partner. And I just don't want to live with someone like that. I, I actually would love to do an episode on self-abandonment because that's like something I'm learning more and more about. But I oh, think yeah, I sent like, you a thing on self-abandonment, didn't I? Yeah, I really like, I think I've, I think, I think I've been a part of that and, and, and it's been a part of me and I think very intertwined with codependency. But I think, I think now I kind of intertwine with, while I don't want to lie, if I perceive that I am going to lie or I do lie, it is out of a place of uh, protection and self-abandonment because I think this person can't handle it. And I think, like I said earlier, like to me, that's, I don't think you should lie to your partner. And if you are considering doing it or have done it, it's really a, a, a precursor to like a bigger issue. You're right. Like what's the, what's the real issue? Is this someone I should be with? Cause I remember with my ex, he had found a book. It was a writing exercise book. So it would ask me what, um, you know, like tell me a time in your childhood, blah, 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 blah. And so you would, you write out this memory and so it would ask about like past relationships and I, I re- wrote about it and like he found it while I was out and read it, which is a violation of trust. Yeah. But he got really upset about it. And I was just like, well, you know, now you know that about me. Like, I don't have anything to hide. You know, the, the, all that stuff I was writing, writing about my past is it's also past. you could have you could have asked you could have yeah. said, you know, what was your, you know, your your biggest love or what was your. But I think that's where I get upset sometimes, too in previous relationships where they might uh, stumble upon information or ask and get upset. And I go, but, but now, you know, and now, you know, you can't handle that information and I'm okay with keeping that away from you if that's what you want, but only by hitting that boundary, did we learn that that's something you're upset about? Does that make sense? Like yeah. you almost have to be in the uncomfortable to learn that about. And I have no problem not bringing up exes if that's something that's going to make you uncomfortable or, you know, I, I, what have you. If you're somebody that didn't graduate college and it's a chip on your shoulder and you don't want to talk about higher education, that's fine. I get that there's some triggers you want to avoid, but I can't know that until we hit that wall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you can't blame me for hitting that wall because how am I supposed to know this part of you? I didn't like that there was stuff about me he just didn't want to hear about. And not even bad also, stuff. Just also, about I love past. that he broke your trust by reading your thing and then got mad at you for reading something he wasn't supposed to read because he couldn't handle it. Like it's yeah. so multi-layered of like, I'm trying to think like a great example where it's just like, I ate this cake and it wasn't good. And I know you were selling at a bake sale, but I didn't like it. And you're like, yeah, it wasn't for you at it all. It wasn't for you. It's <laughs> right. vegan. You don't like vegan. Like, yeah. you're, like, you're like, dude, it doesn't have any bread in it. Sponsor? Yeah. Okay. We have a sponsor. Woo! Um, no, I'm very excited. Um, Infinite CBD is our sponsor this week. I don't know. They've kind of like changed my life a little bit because I was never a CBD person because it's been out for a couple of years. And we've always kind of talked about the fact that like when something's kind of overwhelming and scary and there's not a lot of information, you don't want to just like throw money at it and like, oh, okay, I'll just start buying stuff and trying it. It's almost like how I feel about like with curly hair products. You're like, 
Oh my I don't God. know. I don't want to spend yeah. Somebody $15. Somebody something to me because I this, there's so much out there. I need to know that your curls are forever changed because there's too many products. And that's how I kind of feel about CBD. Like I need to know it isn't just like snake oil. Like it isn't this kind of, you know, some, some empty promise. They're ranked top CBD company by herb.co and it's the cleanest healthiest and purest form of CBD available. I've mostly been using the CBD PM because of like my sleep issues. And I just feel like, I don't know, like I don't feel like it's a disturb because that's the other thing is like it could help, but then you know it disturbs you the next morning. Like sometimes melatonin will just make me feel like drag on the next day. So it's like, yes, it accomplished the goal, but then I feel like a lump for half a day. So I like the fact that like I'm taking something that's not kind of disturbing the flow of my day just to try to get better sleep. And they have um, really nice gummies too. They taste good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you I like can take them on the go. Yeah. If you want to um, try Infinite CBD and you want 30% off your order, if you go to infinitecbd.com, and I'll spell that for you, Liz, I know what you're thinking. I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E-C-B-D.com. I got better at spelling that as we've done these. Um, <laughs> put in the promo code 2NONDRS for 30% off. Yeah. Thank you, Infinite CBD. Thank you. Topic? Topic. Okay. We've been meaning to do this one for a while. I think, I think we both have like kind of experiences with this, but our topic this week is narcissism, which I think has like weirdly been in the ether the last couple of years. I don't know why. I don't know why people are talking about narcissism so much. (laughs) Um, It's so weird, but I just wanted to kind of give a basic definition and then we can kind of talk about our experiences. But like psychology today defines it as a grandiose sense of self-importance, a lack of empathy for others, a need for excessive admiration and the belief that one is unique and deserving of special treatment. And what's funny about that is as soon as I read the last one, I was like, I am narcissist. I was like, I definitely think I'm special. But I think the key thing from everything that I've read about it and the experiences I've had and, and you know, all the information that's out there is this lack of empathy. Like that's really the, like the, the clinching thing because like I've read so many things about what's the difference between somebody that's selfish and a narcissist. Cause it's a very small percentage of people that are narcissists. Like it's been thrown around so much that it, to me, sometimes it's just like, you know, that person's so OCD or that person's so bipolar. Like, you know what I mean? These, like, these psychological things that then get pushed around that it loses all meaning. So I feel like that's where narcissism is coming right. from when really, well, that person's just selfish. Like that person cares more about their needs than somebody else, but they're, they're not exhibiting that behavior to everybody. It's this lack of empathy and this inability to have empathy and this inability to truly love and connect is the definition of a narcissist. And I think that needs to be, because I, I also, you shouldn't be throwing that around when it's not, because it, it A, deflates how difficult of uh, a disorder that is and, and, and how toxic that type of person can be in somebody's life, while also not letting other people have accountability for their actions. Yeah, because you're just being like, well, they're narcissists. No, they're actually just being shitty. Right, and they should grow up. Like, right, they should grow up. It is definitely thrown around too much. I do think I dated a narcissist. I think that all of their behavior. When I looked at all the like the symptoms of a narcissist, it, like they matched every single one of them, and I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> it made sense. I didn't know how to um, make it better, and I didn't know how to tell. Did them. you did you know that when you were actually dating, or was it after the fact? It was while I was actually dating and I left, I left it. The thing is, it's so funny. Like I, I, I have such bad memory when it comes to 
what bad things happen to me, I'll just forget about them. No, I mean, that's, uh, that's an episode I want to do. It's called disassociating. If you basically, oh. oh yeah, I don't have full memories of my childhood because it's a coping mechanism. And I, I legit want to do an episode about this. You disassociate and you become almost like robotic. It's really why I, it's actually kind of sad. Like I did a whole animated web series for kids about broken robots that are adopted by humans. Cause I've always felt robotic and I've always felt very shut down and not able to connect in a lot of ways. And I feel much better now, but I probably was in this level, this place of disassociation for half of my life, but it's a coping mechanism that, um, people that go through trauma, um, people that have bad situations, it's, it's a way to get through them. Um, physically, you're physically getting through them, but you're emotionally not there. So what I think happens a lot when you don't have full memories is, is, um, you got through it because it was scary and traumatizing and whatever but you couldn't be completely present because it was too overwhelming. I, it's I like read, your body overrides your mind. Yeah. Okay, so this is, it says narcissists in relationships. Desire to elicit a, an admiration and praise often makes them very like charming and charismatic. So I think that's why people get in relationships initially with narcissists because like they're very charming to you and then you're very smitten back to them. And that smittenness is like, like it feeds their ego. But clearly- <laughs> that's a honeymoon phase of every relationship. And when that goes away, things get disastrous. But then um, from what I understand, it's like these really harsh boundaries of what love looks like or what success looks like or what um, winning looks like. And when you don't fall into that, because like, look at it this way, you meet somebody and, and we've talked about this before, they're shiny, new and great. But anything you don't know about them, you fill in the blanks. Yeah. You know what I mean? They feed off your compliments. They lack empathy. They don't have any... Or many long-term friends notice that they pick on you constantly. Yeah, at first it's like teasing, and it becomes more mean, or becomes constant. It almost feels like because they can't handle the imperfections they have, they have to find other people and nitpick their imperfections to make them continue to have their grandiose belief about themselves. Yes, if they knock you down with insults when you do something worth celebrating, they might say a narcissist might say you were able to do that because I didn't sleep well. They gaslight you. You no longer feel like the person used to you used Gas to be. Honestly, I think the fact that people know what gaslighting is is a hundred percent because of narcissists. And I've had a couple of friends, and I've had a couple um, not full relationships, but like budding relationships, or you know, the beginning of dating somebody things where I'm like, and I'm glad I had early experiences with bad friendships of gaslighting so that when I saw it with somebody that I liked and that I was excited about and I saw them doing it, I was like, uh oh. But I think when I think of narcissism, I think of lack of empathy and gaslighting. Like I think those are the two things. And if there's anything that anybody takes away from it, I feel like we should, does it give you a full definition of gaslighting? Otherwise I'll give what I know. You often wonder if you're being too sensitive. So what I understand and like gaslighting was such an important term for me to, to learn because I'm very, I think we're both very sensitive. I mean, I don't think you get into comedy because you're not sensitive to what other people think of you. You know what I mean? We're literally like, please laugh at my jokes. Like, so, so it's taken me a while to kind of have a separation of that and make sure that I have boundaries and make sure that I'm whatever place that I'm seeking attention, it's in a safe way. But from what I understand about gaslighting, it's when people seek to distort reality so that you doubt yourself. Mm -hmm. So a good example might be, you know, I, I told you where that, uh, that cool store was and you're like, no, dude, I Googled it. You're like, no, I told you, I wrote it down. You just, you never remember anything. You, I always tell you, I give you advice and you never remember it. And then you start to be like, maybe, maybe, 
maybe I didn't Google it. Maybe, maybe they do. Like they're well, the, trying to like- The president it, does it all the time. Um, COVID's not that bad. It's getting better. I have a vaccine coming. Like just like, it's not just lying, but it's like your reality is wrong. Whatever you perceive the situation to be is wrong and how I perceive the situation to be is right. I won that election. It's all gaslighting. Yeah. Yes, 100%. And I think as a nation, we're all learning that. But what's horrible is when you're going through it, when you're sitting into it, it starts to work. Like the amount of times that they've said, this is fraud, this is fraud, this is fraud. You're like, maybe it is fraud. Like who, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it puts a tiny seed of doubt. And of course, all we have to do is do research and da, 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 da. And there's enough uh, positive outlets. But think about somebody that's in a friendship, their parent um, or, or sibling. Like they're in a situation they can't get out of and they can't do research. So think about when it's your partner, your parent, um, your boss. I mean, there's so many instances of bosses where there's nobody else to counterbalance reality. And that's when it starts to get like really scary because when you have a leader doing it, you have so many resources to be like, no. And then you can kind of change your, get your reality back in check. But when it, you're in a, or if you're a child, God forbid you're a child and the, the parent constantly is telling you your reality is wrong. You spend your whole life being like, I don't know what's real because yeah. I was told this isn't real. So I think that's the hardest thing. Like I had a friend, this was like a toxic friendship I was in for 10 years. And it took me so long to realize that they were doing this gaslighting. I'm trying to think if I can get this example down perfectly. They were supposed to be on TV. I think they were going to be on Conan. This is like 10 years ago. They were supposed to be on Conan. And we had, I mean, he ran his set by me. He told me about, I was a part of this process the whole time. And I'm pretty sure like a week before I was like, good luck to you. Da, da, da. I actually kind of think I stepped back because I knew he was nervous and this was a big deal in his life. So then um, I saw it on TV, you know, I watched it. And the next day I called him to be like, how did you feel? Were you excited? Da, 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 da. And he was so cold and mean to me. And I was like, Hey, what's, what's going on? He goes, you didn't wish me good luck. I go, <laughs> I did though. Like, we literally talked every day up until like almost like a couple of days beforehand. And then I let you do your thing. He was just like, this was like the biggest thing that's ever happened to me. And you just disappeared. You just backed off. And like, I remember like apologizing, but not being like, I don't think I have anything to apologize about, but he seems really upset. And who am I to say that he shouldn't be upset? And, you know, I guess I would be upset if I didn't wish good luck, but I'm pretty sure I did wish good luck. Like it really like, it was, it was the first time, and like that we had tons of issues and blah, blah, blah. It was the first time that I was like, this isn't right. I know, like I could, I could finally feel it in my heart. I was like, I'm, I'm literally calling right now to say good job. Like, why am I being, like, this is insane. And it took me a while. Like it, it was the beginning of the end for me where I was just like, I started to pay attention to how he talked to me and how he treated me. And it just became more and more clear how he used me as a friend, how he belittled me, how uh, he constantly denied my reality. And, um, and we talked about this friend at a previous one where we talked about like toxic friends and blah, blah, blah. But he is my first example of like how a narcissistic person can just destroy your reality and almost destroy your insides if you stay in it too long. And, yeah. and I don't know, I think I'm grateful that I know what that is, but I have a lot of empathy for people in this country or in any country where, uh, this is their, what's going on right now is their first example of gaslighting because it's really disorienting and it, it, it can mess up your entire uh, perception of life and yeah. yourself. It's so interesting because, um, you know, when Trump first got elected, there was a lot of tweets going, this is not normal. With those claps in between, this is not normal. <laughs> yeah. But it's almost like you have to keep saying that because 
people like will so easily adapt into a situation and be like, I don't know, I guess this is normal. Not that people, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to make people sound dumb, but it's just. But that's how change works. Like that's yeah. how manipulation works is like, think of it this way. Like you have something on your desk and if every day somebody just moved it just a little bit, yeah, just a little bit and you never saw it get moved. You'd be like, am I losing my goddamn mind? Yeah. I mean, that's what's like, that's pretty much having a cat, by the way. You're like, is someone fucking with me? And you just find out that your cat every day is just moving your pens <laughs> until they hit the ground. Um, but it is, it, they do it in a slow, maniacal way. Like nobody gets into a relationship and they're like, fuck your friends and family. That's not how right. it works. It's, they start to be like, you know, your friend Liz, I don't know. I just, I thought I heard her saying something shitty about you behind your back and you just, you should be aware of it. So they kind of plant a seed and then they say, you know, your friend Liz, she's not really that smart. Have you noticed that? Like she just, yeah, and they just, it, and they, they just chip away and chip away. So that next thing you know, you are hanging out with me and you're just like, you have that voice in the back of your head. I'm talking. Um, you have that voice in the back of your head and it, it's, it's a, it's a control. It's like, hold on. Um, sorry, unprofessional. There's other kinds of narcissisms. Like there's a seductive narcissist. I remember the first time I heard that you brought up seductive narcissism to me because I, my, I have a friend who he he was like I don't know what my problem is he was like I'll I'll like seduce women I'll um I'll give them all the attention I'll tell them they're amazing and wonderful and then I don't know what happens I just I lose all interest it's just a flip a switch just turns off and I'm just done with them and I get kind of annoyed with them and I go and I'm just like you sound like a seductive narcissist yeah, yeah yeah so the seductive narcissist unlike the other types of extreme narcissists discussed here this one manipulates you by making you feel good about yourself at first. She will appear to admire, even idolize you, but her ultimate goal is to make you feel the same way about her so she can use you. So yeah, so the whole point of them is they build you up so that you will be infatuated with them and build them up because they can't do it themselves. Yeah. So they literally use you for an ego boost. Yes, exactly. And, then this is, and when they get disinterested is because you're either not doing it back or they get the high from it and they're done. And they're done. I had a flatmate who, he, she was infatuated with this guy, but like they were just out of arm's reach of dating each other for some reason or another. And she'd always give me the excuses and the reasons and stuff. I was like, Yo, he's never coming around. You know, like I was like, he is a seductive narcissist. Like he's going to make you feel amazing. And then when you get to, cause she, she got to the point where she was giving him an ultimatum, like either we're together or we need to stop talking. And, um, and then he didn't, meet that expectation you know she was like well she was supposed to be done with him but that's never how it works and so she continued on and, and that's you know, how they kind of trap you because they they've said so many nice things to you they're like well they believe in me and they think i'm incredible and that's like where the that's where the trap is is because you don't have too many examples of them being mean to you like that's right. where it's the opposite of the but, yeah, yeah but the meanness is them disappearing it's them then not needing you for anything and, and I think that's what the entire internet for specifically women dating um, has come about where it's just like ghosting is either a form of them not being able to step up or it's a, it's, it's, it's a no, you know what I mean? Like it's either them not being able to, to be with you for X, Y, and Z reasons, or it's a flat, I'm not interested. And women have made so many excuses for men where they're just like, well, he did say he was busy at work and it is the holidays or whatever it is. And you're like, no. Lack of information is a no, and yes. you need, and is and is a harsh no, and is a shitty no because yeah. most people should just be able to go, hey man, like you're really nice, but it's just not for me. Sorry, good luck yeah. to you. Like 
you need to be mature enough. Yeah. She kept but, going like, I don't get what she, he's getting out of it. Like, why, why would he do that? Why would he build me up and then fuck off? I'm like, because you fall into it, you make him feel good. And then he's done. He gets that out of it. It's an yeah. ego boost. Yeah, um. absolutely. So there's a bunch of different ones. I don't know all of them. Like there's covert, covert narcissists, which I've had thoughts of people in my family might having this um, pro-social, anti-social. Covert narcissist is like, you don't like, let me look it up real quick. It's um, seven signs of a covert narcissist. So it's like, it's almost like a muted version of like the regular narcissist. So here's some signs. Quiet smugness and superiority, self-absorption, lack of empathy, passive aggressiveness, high sensitivity. They're more like a sensitive version The misunderstood special person and personal difficult in relationships. Um, it's like if, if a regular narcissist is like in your face, aggressive, you know, this is like the emo version. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just not understood. And you know, if people like, like, I'm just like, it's more like you feel pity for them and that's how they get their way. Um, okay, I do want to point this out. I want to, because I think it, this is equally as important other than just trashing them. So okay. I want to say the causes of narcissism. And then there was actually a really good point that I saw online. So the first one, so causes of narcissism is like, so child abuse and neglect, excessive parental pampering, unrealistic expectations of, um, from parents, uh, sexual promiscuity. I don't, I don't know if that's because when you're younger, I don't know. And then cultural inferences, again, I'm not completely sure what that means for it. But um, this is what I heard once that actually was really helpful. Oh, one of the ways uh, a narcissist can be made in childhood is that the parent on the, like, if, let's say the parent is out and about and they go, this is my son, Brian. He's incredible. He's getting straight A's. He's, um, you know, gets up early and cleans his room. He takes care of his sister. We are so proud of Brian. He says that in front of others, they say it in front of others, they say it in front of Brian. But then, or they show pictures, this is my beautiful son, Brian, he's amazing. Then at home, dismissive, neglectful, doesn't give, like, so they, they use them to brag and be, um, and like they show that they're amazing, but they don't, out to the outside, but on the inside at home, when it actually matters, they're not there. And it like literally messes with their with uh, sense of reality because, on one hand, they're being bragged about, and on the other hand, they're getting no, no kind of basic level of love. I think like Trump had like dealt with that with his father. His father was he did that to he and his brothers. Showed love, took away love, like made them sit at like a end of the table if they were you know if they didn't live up to his. It was conditional. Yeah, and I think I, and I think that's a lot of. I think a lot of mental illness is like trickled down. Like it's, so it's both genetic. There's a lot of genetic aspects to it, but then there's also this, like, I'm sure his grandfather did this to his father, which did this to Trump, which is now doing it to Barron and all his kids. So the other thing I, I saw online that was actually a really good point is this, a narcissist is made. It's, it's, it's made. And that a lot of times it comes from child abuse. And I'm not saying that doesn't, ex that doesn't like, I never, come on, I'm doing a podcast. Come here. Come here, let's talk. Austin is a narcissist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's just, she wants what she wants. And she wants to be let out of the room, but then she'll want to be let back in the room. We're almost done. So, so, the point, so the point I'm trying to make is that like a narcissist is made often in childhood. And this like throwing it around like, oh, they're a narcissist. Da, da, da. There's some empathy that I have towards narcissists because something bad happened to them in their childhood. And that's where you're smiling. And I'm not sure why. Yeah, because because head's a little like her head's um, like if this is the thing like this. What's so mom doing? Who's she talking to? <laughs> 
Um, but a, a narcissist is, is made. And so with that being said, you can have empathy for people, but that doesn't make you responsible like for fixing them or tolerating their bad behavior. But I do, I did like that point that I saw that was like, we do need to keep things in perspective that this came from something really bad happening to somebody. Like they didn't choose to become a narcissist, something bad happened to them. And that, and this is the result of it. The same way of, you know, you can neglect your kids and they can fall off the roof and they would have a physical ailment. This is you neglected your kids or you abused your kids and now they have a psychological ailment. It's, it's this weird duality where I was like, there, I do have more empathy understanding that aspect of it, but also you have to understand that you can't change them. They have to want to change if, if that is like any kind of disorder and that it's not your place to tolerate bad behavior either. Like you shouldn't be like, you shouldn't be like, I have empathy, therefore I'm going to take this abuse. Right. You know, unless yeah. it really is, I mean, that's your choice. It's but. funny, like the um, understanding people to a point, it's like they still are behaving that way. It's like, like in the jinx, when you, you see that, like that serial killer, like his mom committed suicide in front of him. And on some level, you can kind of go, oh, well, maybe he was trying to relive those moments over and over to, to replay it and like to have control of it in some way. And that's why he did it. But is that, that doesn't matter. He still, he still did it. It's not an excuse. It's not yeah. an excuse. I can understand and empathize why someone might become a narcissist, but it's not an excuse for still behaving that way. And I just there's wonder a, if they even know they're behaving that way. That's the thing. It's like, do they know they're doing it? Yeah, I think there's some some that do have awareness, and then many that that don't. There's actually there's a really great great quote, like almost like an Instagram quote that I love. But it's like, you're uh, it's not your fault for the wounds that were given to you, but you do need to take ownership of the wounds that you go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, other people shouldn't bleed for a cut that you have. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm butchering two quotes at once, but it's like. <laughs> truly like your childhood wounds aren't your fault but you're an adult now and you can't be inflicting pain on other people because you didn't resolve them or take care of them so it's like yes the past isn't your fault but anything you do as a conscious adult is your fault and you need to take responsibility for it and work on yourself and you know you could say i had a terrible childhood and that's why i'm yelling at my kids don't don't keep passing that on don't keep doing that like you know what i mean like it's about I think more and more our generation is learning that some of our pain was never even ours to begin with. Like we're literally, like, I feel like my parents downloaded their pain onto me. Like, it's like this, like this virus that like, this was my, my grandparents' childhood and this was my parents' childhood and this was my childhood. And now it's my cat's childhood. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, we keep downloading this, like this mental illness virus and this childhood trauma virus. And it, you know, at some point, you know, I don't blame my parents at all. And I'm, I don't really know my grandparents, but I don't blame them either. But at some point, someone needs to take responsibility and start healing because otherwise you're, you don't connect with other people, both relationship, friends, family, you know, coworkers, what have you. But I don't know, at some point we could probably go into all the different types, but this is just like a weird overview. Yeah. We would love to, we would love to hear if you had experiences, if there's, because they're all different types of narcissists, if there was like a different type of narcissist that you've come in contact with, that it took you much longer to figure out that's what they were. Um, if you are somebody that struggles with it or uh, has overcome it or, or, you know, if, cause I don't, I think the thing that we're missing in this one is that I didn't really, I think there's kind of solutions, but I don't, I didn't really see any, like, I think, yeah, I think we both walked away from the relationship in question. Yeah. And that, and we're also coming from the perspective of somebody 
being in a relationship or being um, near somebody that's narcissist as opposed to somebody that is narcissist. Like, you know, when we talked about depression, it was me as somebody that had depression and what I did. This is on the other side of me being affected by somebody that has, that has narcissism. Um, so I would love to see the other angle of it if we know anybody that has dealt with it on their, um, on, as them themselves or they felt like they were with somebody that was narcissist and narcissist and narcissistic. It took them, narcissistic thank you yeah. and it took them longer to figure out that's what it was because it was such different from what the general public understands of it write to us at two non-doctors at gmail.com and uh thank you for listening and we'll see you next week yeah thanks guys bye bye